Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, when we get to fiscal policy in Washington, D.C., it is not just a left versus right issue. There's actually a bit of a rift going on inside the Republican leadership in the Senate, namely between the current minority leader, Mitch McConnell, and Senator Rick Scott from Florida. Of course, all eyes are on the negotiations between Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and President Biden, who had their sit-down last week. Uh, everyone, of course, focused on the debt ceiling drama that will continue to play out until we get to the 11th hour, 59th minute, I'm sure. Uh, the question will then be, if Kevin McCarthy can't get something done as Speaker of the House, will it shift to the Senate, and what will that look like? And to help us break all of that down, Alexander Bolton joins us. He's a senior staff writer at The Hill and a great piece in The Hill today. And uh, Alexander, as you uh, look at this, obviously it's a uh, Senator Rick Scott from Florida and a Mitch McConnell battle uh, that's continuing to brew. That's right. Um, McConnell beat uh, Rick Scott in their leadership race in November after the election, which was very acrimonious and waged uh, behind closed doors. Um, McConnell won the race of you know 37 votes to 10 votes, but uh, uh, Senator Scott told me in an interview last week that he is not going to give up, and uh, he's going to continue the battle, and he sees the debate within the Republican Party about uh, you know what to do about the debt limit, what to demand from Democrats in exchange for raising the debt limit. Uh, that is phase two. That is round two of his leadership battle with McConnell. So he lost the vote to become a Senate Republican leader, but he still sees that there is a fight wage uh, against McConnell on the direction of the party. And, you know, what he told me and what what Senator Scott is telling others is that, you know, he is, quote, tired of caving. Um, and, uh, you know, he's pointing to 2021. Um, Scott and Ted Cruz uh, played a role in amending the Senate Republican Conference rules in uh, April of 2021 to require that any debt limit legislation be paired with um, fiscal reforms. And it was something that was unanimously approved by the Senate GOP conference. But then, you know, lo and behold, a few months later, uh, McConnell struck a deal with uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, that allowed the Democrats to raise the debt limit with a, a simple majority vote. And so, you know, it was kind of a tough spot for McConnell because, you know, he didn't want any Republicans to vote to raise the debt limit, but in the Senate, you need 60 votes to pass any significant legislation. So he kind of arranged a, you know, one-time loophole that the Democrats could move debt limit legislation, you know, without a, facing a filibuster. But Scott is kind of now portraying that as a cave, as essentially a capitulation that that even though McConnell said that he wasn't helping the Democrats, in fact, he did. Uh, and I think Mitch McConnell is the uh, the master of the one-time loophole uh, that becomes uh, a bigger loophole <laughs> for uh, for the future. And I know that has been a frustration inside the conference, uh, clearly, in terms of uh, continuing to, to raise the debt limit without any kind of real reform or spending changes. Uh, I did think there was a little bit of hope uh, when they did agree as the Republican conference to say, hey, we're not going to do any new debt ceiling increases unless there's a, a corresponding cut. Uh, which for any of us around the kitchen table would would make sense. If we were going to raise our uh, credit limit, we'd probably want to cut a few things along the way. Uh, the interesting thing to me is is because the the power is so concentrated in the leadership of both parties uh, that it makes it much more difficult for real debate out in front of the American people uh, to actually happen. And, and I think that's the the real tough part. And I think that's probably the thing that uh, Senator Scott is most frustrated with. 
caving is one thing or losing a political battle is one thing. Uh, but I think this idea of we're just not changing and we're just allowing uh, the the two leaders in the House, the Democrats and Republicans, and the two leaders in the Senate, Democrat and Republican, to basically decide all of these big things that are part of why we're $32 trillion in debt. Uh, it seems to me that that is part of the angst and part of the frustration uh, of what we seem to be getting from uh, people like Senator Scott. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's also interesting, and Alexander pointed this out in his piece uh, in The Hill, uh, that a lot of times when you when you cross leadership, when you challenge leadership or say, hey, I don't like the way we're doing this, or man, I, I just can't. I just can't keep doing the same thing uh, and expecting different results. Uh, And yet when that happens, uh, you see people like Senator Rick Scott being removed from a very powerful committee assignment as he's been on there for for several years now and and probably is one of the most qualified people uh, to be talking about commerce. Uh, Senator Scott, both as a businessman, as a governor, uh, he understands those things. And this concentration of power thing is what really – concerns me because it prevents real open debate in front of the American people on decisions that are, you know, 32 trillion and growing. Well, I mean, I think what the point you raised is that there's not enough, you know, debate around the country as to, you know, what our what our um, you know, deficit situation is and what our debt situation is. And it is true. And, and what I was in the process of saying is that, you know, Senator Scott, in his interview with me, he expressed frustration that, you know, the the federal government is on autopilot and just keeps on adding you know, more and more uh, debt to the pile, which is at you know $31.4 trillion, and that there really isn't um, you know any true consideration of you know the future and the fiscal outlook. And that's why he thinks it's really critical that the you know, debt ceiling be used as leverage, as it was in 2011. Um, as a side, I just point out in 2011, even though there were some significant fiscal reforms, Agreed to, uh, you know, more than just more than ten years ago, you know, Congress imposed budget caps, imposed something called budget sequestration, automatic cuts. But then, after a few years, they just, you know, erased them all because no one wanted to live under that discipline. So <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it is, you know, not only is it not discussed, but it's just it's all on autopilot, and there's almost, you know, not there's never an opportunity, or seldom an, an opportunity or an occasion to debate and to reflect on where we're headed. And that's why Scott feels it's critical that the debt limit uh, be used as leverage and that not just, uh, you know, wash into the bridge like it did in 2021. Yeah, no question about that. And I, we are equal opportunity offenders here. Uh, I always say you, you cannot get 32 
trillion dollars in debt through conflict. You can only get there through collusion. And so it's it's both sides signing off on this uh, over and over again. I want to ask you just real quickly a strategic question. Uh, Mitch McConnell clearly gets the strategy component. He's obviously removed himself from the debate right now saying, hey, we're cheering. We're cheering Speaker McCarthy on. We hope that all goes well. Uh, and is this allowing Mitch McConnell to be outside of the fray of those negotiations and then maybe coming in last minute uh, with one of those 11th hour, uh, this this is our only choice kind of deal and have that begin in the Senate? Well, that, that, I think that's what my story is about, is that, that Scott and Mike Lee, for example, you know, he's another one who's very involved, um, and so is Ted Cruz. I mean, they're all trying to put the pressure on McConnell now. Yes, McConnell says, look, it's up to Kevin. We wish him luck. <laughs> um, but the, the expectation is, and this was something that was articulated to me by Lindsey Graham in my piece, um, the expectation is that, that Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy are going to hit a brick wall, and then the debate is going to shift right back to the mm-hmm. Senate. And the expectation is that McConnell swoop in again at the last minute to come up with some sort of deal to af- avoid default. And so I think that these guys are trying to get – these conservatives, Scott and Cruz and Lee, are trying to get ahead of that and try to you know, really tighten the screws on McConnell now to make sure that he does not negotiate something that they, again, consider as a cave. Yeah, uh, great stuff. Great piece in The Hill. Uh, check that out from Alexander Bolton. He's a senior staff writer at The Hill. The piece is uh, GOP critics dial up pressure on McConnell, tired of caving. Uh, great piece, great insight. Alexander, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. All right, again, that's Alexander Bolton from The Hill, and we're going to continue to watch it. Remember, put your panic button away when it comes to default. Not going to happen, but the politics will continue to play out, and we'll watch it because we got to change how we're getting this thing done, or the politics will continue, and the debt will continue to rise. We'll step aside for some bottom-of-the-hour news. When we come back, Chris Steyerwald's going to join us. We'll talk about where President Biden is, what he needs to say in the State of the Union tomorrow. Stick around. We'll be right back.